Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. <laughs> it is officially October. That means it's time for Halloween or horror movie. I don't know what we say. Horror movies for cowards or I something like that? I think Halloween horror for cowards. Halloween yeah, horror for cowards. I love a good alliteration, so uh-huh. HH needs to be in there for and sure. And I love the word coward. Yeah. Like, I just love any chance to use the word coward. I like to self-apply it. I like to call other people it. I like to put it in situations where it doesn't even apply. I, I feel so right. confident that this exact exchange has happened some previous year <laughs> that we've done this. Uh, so this, starting us off, we're talking about a Hulu original just came out. I, I think it counts as a horror movie. No, it definitely is. Oh, it definitely yeah. is a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, no One Will Save You. I don't want to get too in the weeds. I don't know that's much of a spoiler what's actually going on. But... I think it's in, like, the description of the... Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely in, you, like, the poster. Yeah, if the you picture. see the poster, you know what the, what the monster is in this. It's a home invasion movie where the home invader is an alien. Right. And it's Caitlin... Caitlin Deaver, Deaver, yeah. yeah, who's basically the only person. Like, I was about to say there there are other actors in it, but you don't recognize any of them, and almost no dialogue. Yeah, I, I was going to say the the first thing I wanted to say about this movie is you know in modern times we have sort of created I don't even know if genre is the world, but a style of consuming movies. You know, I think it comes from streaming, making everything available, so less valuable. I think some of it comes from COVID and working at home, but it's the idea of a background show. Something you can put Mm -hmm. on in the background Mm. and don't necessarily have to pay attention to the whole thing. This is not one of those movies. I was like 20 minutes into it, or like, fuck, I'm going to have to watch this. (laughs) There's no words in this God damn it. (laughs) You're right. So many times, especially when I was working from home, I would just put something on and I would not watch it. I'd only listen to right. it. Yeah. And you absolutely cannot no, do that with can. this movie. It's so crazy you guys bring that up because that was something I was going to bring up like later on is that I didn't even notice that shit until I was <laughs> I was I finished watching the movie and then I went to IMDb, IMDb and they were like there were only eight lines of dialogue in this movie. I was like, hang on a second, are you serious? Are you sure? <laughs> And I think that might be an overestimation. I think yeah. there was like six it words. Might have been eight, it might have been eight words of dialogue. I can't yeah. remember. There's one bit where she actually says like a full sentence, but even that is almost like a whisper. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very little. I mean, we said the synopsis and who the one person is. Or what do we think of this movie, y'all? Both Stephen King and Guillermo del Toro said it was great, and who am I to argue with that? <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, Stephen King's got some questionable opinions these days, but uh, mostly just because he's on Twitter too much. But what are what are some Stephen King questionable opinions? Oh, I don't know. He just he just loves to comment on everything these days, and he <laughs> loves he loves to like meet in the middle with Elon Musk for whatever reason, right? Uh, but that's just the whole thing. Well, I you know I think he comes from a generation where there is a value in trying to find a middle ground. Yeah, and that's just not where things are. That it, way. Yeah, it's, it's if not, you try to find a, a middle ground, you become the that's enemy not, to one side. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think that I'm like diametrically opposed to to horror movies. I think we all all of us. Yeah. We're, just, we're scaredy cats. It's not right. like the first thing we go to. But when I watch one that's good, I do really like enjoy it. And I feel like, right. besides the fact that I think it's like the concept of sound, like aliens are scary, home invasions are scary, good, right. good to put them together. But like the execution on this, I think is just excellent. I think right. Caitlin Deaver's really good. I think like the, the visual effects are really good. Right. The shot, the way everything is shot is good. The, the sound design is excellent. It's just, I mean, it's a really just like well-made horror movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna argue with you guys. This is a, this is a pretty well made movie, and it's a really good time. Perfect length, like ninety perfect, minutes. Perfect length 90. for a horror movie specifically. Yeah. And what I 
really like was shocked by is it starts it scares about 10 minutes in never takes foot off the gas right well, I, i'll say it's it well I, I maybe that's a spoiler i don't know i'll come back to it but it, it, it does feed into one of my favorite genres which i'll talk about later it's it, it's just really well made it's way better than transformers definitely shorter than Transformers. also one of the things i wanted to say is even the opening credits i love because the opening credits look you know that when it just flashes the name yep. over it. That's so fucking Sam Raimi. It's like, yeah. you're trying to tell me that this horror movie <laughs> is for me, and thank you for conveying that message. Because, yeah, I'm, you know, like you talk about, I like horror movie. There's things I can't deal with horror movies. I'm not a big fan of torture, and I need, if there's a hopelessness to it, there also needs to be a catharsis. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, without getting too spoilery, I think this definitely, yeah. like, hits those things. Yes, definitely hits the catharsis, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, we want to go to spoilers? Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to go. But if, if you haven't seen this movie, it uh, better than Transformers. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. certainly. Okay, uh, if, if, if we're going into spoilers, I have a multiple choice for you guys. Okay. I have a three-pronged multiple choice. These are my three options for what the ending of this movie means. Mm. There's mm. no other options but these three. Okay. I don't, you guys might think you have a take on them. No, these are the three options. Okay. The first one is... Illegal aliens would maybe te- make better neighbors than uh, than uh, rednecks after a period of adjustment. Uh-huh. Definitely there's a period of adjustment in this. Yep. You know, some bad shit goes down. But after that, they seem to be better neighbors than the neighbors she originally had. Uh-huh. Second one. In the Mouth of Madness was a great movie with a great ending. But what about the opposite of that ending? Because <laughs> it's exactly the yeah, opposite yeah. to the ending of that movie. And the third one is the 2000s manic pixie dream girl meme could even charm an alien of vape. <laughs> That's fair. One have, of those three things is what it means. I have one to challenge you. Okay. A person would rather live in an alien nation rather than alienation. <laughs> oh. Oh. I can't decide if I'm impressed or I hate it, you know? <laughs> I, honestly, I thought you were going to say alienation than a red state, but uh, but, I, but yours is I, definitely more clever. I saw the like synopsis for this movie had the word like a young alienated long, young yeah. woman, and I was like, this writer had too much fun, and then <laughs> Christian Jones took that yeah, yeah. and took it to 11, to the, in the best and worst way possible. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... If we're talking spoilers, there's two things you need to know about the ending of this movie. Number one, this movie's been following a murderer the whole time. Whether maybe innocent murder. Yeah, well, yeah. I I, I did want to talk about a couple different things I want to talk about. Man, I didn't think... And two, the aliens win. And two, the aliens win, for sure. Which, that is one of my favorite things about it, is like any horror movie, I think uh, that genre more than most genres is like, it's really hard to know how it could end. Mm -hmm. Right. Because... In most cases, like, you know, in, in her particular case, it was like, fucking alien invaded, her house was destroyed, her, like, everything is destroyed. You can't, like, go back to a status quo, right? Right. Um, and sometimes it is as simple as, like, the bad guys win, but it's just, it, I think, ending things is hard, and I feel like horror directors in general are just like, let's do something fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Were you going to say something about I probably being a murderer? Had, I've, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, again, there's not a lot of words in this movie, but it's very clear from the beginning. I kind of hope they would never tell us, honestly, yeah. what what she had done right uh, but you know I, I i'm putting the pieces together as i'm watching i'm like okay you know everyone blames her for the death of this young girl who's her best friend who blah 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 and then I, like at some point they go to her gravestone and it says 2000 2012 is like okay it's pretty shitty to hate on a 12 year old for something that happened <laughs> right uh like 10 years later mm-hmm. but then you know i was thinking like oh maybe it's like she got lost and they didn't find her or it was a car accident or something but she did actually murder her yeah so like uh you know 
uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> and also, you don't really know how to feel about her because, I mean, and this is something me and Sarah really had a problem with watching it, is that the aliens, while scary, were very sympathetic when they were dying. Mm. All of them seemed like sort of injured animals or children as they're in the throes of death. I, so I'm like, is she taking this the wrong way? Is she the <laughs> asshole in this? So I do think there are two parts to that. Mm. The first is that, without realizing it, of course, the first kill she gets in the movie right. with the alien, she kills the same way she kills her friend. Right. The random object she pits up right to the skull, right? right? And so I think they're supposed to tie in there. But two, I think the aliens are kind of sympathetic to her in that I think they're curious about her. I think you're right. supposed to get the impression that they're kind of just kicking ass right. with everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and For there's sure. just this one random girl who is like kind of taking it to right. her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely taking it to her. <laughs> and so it's not, it, it's more of like, oh shit, like well, we have something to learn here or like, mm-hmm. I, I, that's the more the impression I got rather than maybe well, sympathetic puppy. And I'll tell you something else. She, she really wins through cynicism. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, the MacGuffin in this, by the way, they totally stole from a Superman comic. There's a Superman comic go- ca- by Alan Moore called For the Man Who Has Everything. And Oh, uh, yeah. No, I was thinking about that yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's basically the same thing. They, they do this body horror thing to you, and then you just have warm, fuzzy mm-hmm. feelings of your greatest wish. And, like, she... She defeated the same way Superman did. Hey, this seems great, but I know it's not fucking real. I have I have so little need at this point in my life to like feel like I'm in like a real reality. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like even if I saw that thing going in and I knew it was there, if I'm like having a good time, fuck it. You know, have, you have a your, good time. Your cipher puts you back in it, the matrix. Put me bro. back in, baby. <laughs> if I found out this was a simulation at this point, I would immediately be but okay, why isn't it better? Yeah, than right. That? <laughs> why like, does can you suck? put me in one that's better? <laughs> yeah. I know this steak's not real. That, that does remind me. I, I, I talked to you specifically about this because mm. for some reason I thought Gaucher loved this movie, but mm. apparently she doesn't. Uh, but there is a movie called Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. Right. It's an indie movie from the early uh, uh, 2010s, maybe. I definitely uh, remember the poster. Yeah. But my favorite thing about it is like it is it's such a also very cynical. I mean, if you can have a cynical uh, perspective on suicide. Right. Uh, but the the premise is it's a world that all the people who commit suicide go to, and that world is exactly like this one, but just a little bit shittier. So it's like you already hated this one, and now you go to the world that's exactly the same but worse. Great. Yeah, I don't have much else to say. Uh, I will say, I think you guys had already told me, uh, oh God, what's her name on Justified? I can't. It's been so long. Loretta? Loretta, yes. I think you guys had already told me she, it was Loretta, but I had forgotten it. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, who is this oh, chick? <laughs> I even thought that she w- I was recognize her from like a soap opera in the 90s. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, she's aged really well. But then the first time she grunts, I'm like, oh, that's Loretta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I recognize that voice. I'm sure she's been in other stuff since then. I know she's in that Book Smart movie, I think. But she, I mostly remember as being yeah. in the best season of Justified. Right. Also... A funny thing about this, during that first invasion and that first kill, uh, Sarah was trying to find her phone, so she signaled the, where's my iPhone, and that beep started happening in the other room, and I thought that was happening in the movie, and I'm like, man, once I realized it wasn't, why hasn't someone used that in a horror movie? That oh, would yeah. be a great distraction for a monster trying yeah, to find you. that's a good you point. You sit off, find my iPhone, they go after that, you get out of the house. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I do want to talk, the, the movie definitely like moves in good stages from mm-hmm. like 
okay, something like it doesn't it doesn't immediately go from we were having a good time to everyone's having a bad time. Right. It's a it's a very incremental staging. Right. Uh, and like the the shot, the very first shot when she like hears a noise, sees the door is open, and like you can see like kind of movement in that like uh, like uh, glass. Yeah, pain. the, the yeah. distorted glass thing. It's like that's my fucking greatest fear. <laughs> you know, like that's that's uh, I identified and was so frightened by that just like specific shot more than almost any other shot in right. the movie. Yeah, right. Well, I do want to talk about the aliens for just a second. I kind of liked and I, my first thought when I saw the aliens was like, oh, we're going with like a very traditional, oh for sure, yeah, grays type of which aliens. I liked. So the more I watched, it, I was like, it actually kind of made it scarier because right. the way we always envision UFOs right. and aliens is that. So it felt made it feel very real, right. except they like walked on their toes, which freaked me the fuck right. out. Was it all of them, or was it just that one? <laughs> I think it was they, just the one. They were all kind of different. Yeah. And then you meet the one later that does like the reverse stripper spider walk. Yeah, yeah. And that which which by the way, this uh, this was mostly filmed in Slidell, Alabama, which has my favorite name for a strip club ever, Scuttlebutt. That's, That's pretty great, good. It's a great name for a strip club. I've never stepped foot in Scuttlebutt, but every time I see it, I'm like, I want to see what Scuttlebutt is. It's important, about. it's important to know that Scuttlebutt is not a good name for a strip club, but it's a good name for a shitty strip club. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a good name for a strip club where a burned out action hero works in a movie. Yeah. You know, Michael Madsen would work at, uh, yeah. at, at Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, not that it was, I think, that much of a spoiler, but I was going to say, one of my, the the thing that I love about this movie and the genre that I think it fits right into that I just love is just a person having just a really shitty day. Yeah. And in this case, it was like 36 hours, so it kind of right. counts, but I'm not sure she slept in between. No. But it just like, it just like never stops, you no. know? It's, it's really good time. Once it, I was really like impressed kind of with the way they, and I think they gave themselves some rules. Like we talked about like all the aliens are different yeah and so like each encounter is kind of different in like how she goes about it and um the creatures are different things like that but like it just it just does not stop like the like you said the moment you see something move in the glass mm-hmm. from the, even when it's like daylight and you're like she's fine right. well that's when you learn no the people are all fucked up now right everyone everyone is against her and i love the shot at night when it like kind of pans up and you see all of them over the all the individual houses and stuff like that like i think it's a really well shot movie oh, no, it definitely. looks great it looks great yeah. yeah the big debate me and sarah had about this you know as far as you know the town folks being taken over and stuff is first of all when the male guy in the beginning is playing basketball with her packages, has he already been turned? I say no. No, I, I think say no. I think he's just a shitty dude. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I. She, so then Sarah was like, "Well, I think he's doing that because he hates her because everyone in the town hates her." I was like, "No, I just think he's a shitty <laughs> mailman." I, I was also <laughs> trying to make that distinction yeah, while yeah. I was watching it, but I right. came to the same conclusion. Yeah, it is crazy to me. You know, I think I think it's more interesting with improvised weapons. Right. Uh, but it is crazy to me that somebody who's been essentially a recluse in a small town that fucking hates her, including the police chief, right, and, uh, lives alone without a fucking gun, right. Right. You know? Yeah, that's stupid. That is stupid. <laughs> Particularly since, you know, the the main reason... Well, you probably can't own a gun legally. Oh, she might not be able to. Because I know the main reason I don't own a gun is not necessarily being anti-gun, but just because I know I'm fucking incompetent and I'll end up accidentally <laughs> shooting myself. She's obviously very capable. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the loss probably has <laughs> something to do with it there. That hasn't stopped a lot of people in the past. Yeah, I do I do appreciate that, like, at least in the first half of this movie, maybe the first two-thirds, anytime that she's not actively fighting the alien, she's having a panic attack about having to fight the aliens, which I very much associate with. Right, yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, the people are worse. That when that woman spit on her, I was felt so bad. I, I was ready to punch the shit out of yeah. that woman. I don't care if it wasn't a police station. No, it was a good time. Um, you know, I, I mean, we we talked about what we thought about the ending, but we didn't actually specifically re- reference the ending of the movies. Basically, the ending of this movie is that the aliens take over, but they let her stay free because they kind of like her style. Yeah. And they're just learning it, her it, style. It's kind of unclear whether they, like, you know, again, it's like an empath thing where they, like, see her memories and right. whatever, and they're like, oh, this girl's had it rough. Right. We don't want to do anything else to her. Right. Uh, or, or the other thing you're saying, like, this girl's got a lot of tricks up her sleeve. Maybe we have something to... <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's two things. Number one, I think she's easily manipulated because right. of how she feels. Right. They see that. But then, two, you don't really know what the aliens want. Right. It's not really clear. Yeah. And it's seemingly like they just want control. Right. Well, here's this girl who had a model of the fucking town where she had, like, versions of the people and would make them do things and be like, well, just fucking put her in charge. (laughs) Right. She'll just do that on an actual real-life scale, which I thought was really... Like a fun way to tie it back to the beginning of the movie. I mean, she basically ends the movie as just a really happy pet, which yeah. I could right, totally 100%. be okay with being. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if you just do what we want, we'll let you maintain your. <laughs> right. right. She's like, she, great. She gets to dance and go to parties and right. be with other. Yeah. You know, it seems like a good ending. It really threw me for a loop. It's I, not where I saw it, it was going. Because, I mean, so often now, first of all, all horror movies have to have a point now. There's no more, let's just kill a bunch of sexy mm-hmm. teens in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and second of all... Though that's a good name for a movie. Right. <laughs> let's kill second a bunch of, of sexy teens in the woods. The endings <laughs> almost always have to be bleak because that's what a smart horror movie yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. smart horror movie is everybody dies at the end. And I like that this had just took the complete opposite of that but still felt smart it's like, so it's so funny you say that because like i didn't see it coming but then after it happens like of course this is how it ends because right. it is again it is like it's the happy ending for her she right. is better off at the end than she was at the beginning <laughs> everyone else is not yeah but, but for her but and, for her and you know what else i like about it it almost seems sequel proof how would you make a sequel yeah, to yeah, this yeah. movie yeah and i wouldn't i don't i don't want you to no, like, right. i don't think you could do it as good as that I mean, maybe you could do, like, the Quiet Place thing and be like, oh, we're going to tell a different story right. in the same universe. But I still don't know what the conclusion would be right. to that would level right. this one. But it's on Hulu. It's easy to watch. It's, nine, it's like, maybe not even 90 minutes. Yeah. Definitely highly recommended. Won't take much of your day. Uh, you know, it's got some good scares in it, but nothing that's going to, if you're wusses like us, nothing that's going to Just turn down the volume. That's yeah, what I do. Yeah. Yeah. You turn down the volume. I also think if you can get through like the first 30 minutes, there's nothing like new that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. You got to get through the first like round. It, it's, it's so funny. Like the scariest bit to me is before she and the alien made like actual contact. Right. Like she sees him and she's like trying to hide. Yeah. Like that bit is the scariest bit. But as soon as like the contact happens, she's like fighting them. It's not as scary anymore. No. To it, me. it almost at that point changes to like an action movie yeah well and it i think it kind of has to because of the timeline like in every one of these movies you know home invasion movies the purge or Mm. the neighbors like that moment always occurs the fucking strangers yeah the fuck that movie that the 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 trailer to that movie was too much for old jay that's better than transformers yeah no one will save you better than transformers agreed
Cool. Well, that's it for uh, that movie, which I just said the name of. Uh, what have we been watching the last weekish, guys? Uh, I watched Castlevania Nocturne. Did you finish it? I haven't finished it yet. Oh, I'll be careful talking about it then. Well, it's it's not as good to me. It's still kind of like in. It's still fun. Yeah. Like I I did prefer the first couple of seasons. This one, without going into specifics, kind of feels like a rehash of a couple of things that the first version of Castlevania did, and I think it kind of does it better. Um, but it won me over by, like, the last three episodes. I was... I was. It's too short to stop it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's eight 20-minute episodes. By the time you've started, it's already over. <laughs> by the time you've determined, I don't know that I really like this, you've only got, like, three left, so yeah. you might as well just suck it up and finish it honestly maybe that's why so many people just watch youtube content about shows rather than shows because yeah. it's like that you can just even if it sucks it's over so soon it's not going to take that much of your life yeah i don't know that it's better than transformers but you know i had it i have an okay time watching it uh and i want them to make more because i just this appeals to the worst parts of me and i, I like that, <laughs> to be indulged every once in a while I also watched, speaking of aliens, I watched Encounters, which is a three-part Netflix documentary about UFO encounters. Mm -hmm. Not good. I was really disappointed. I'm a sucker for that stuff, and uh, I just wanted more. It's just kind of lame. I don't trust anybody who says, oh, I was an intelligence official for the United States government, and I had access to classified information. I was an intelligence official for the United States government, and I had access to and everything you just said is bullshit. So <laughs> it's really hard for me to take those things seriously and yeah i don't recommend it encounters worse than transformers but that's it that's all i've watched look we knew the first scandal that donald trump ever had while he was in white in the white house that the government has no knowledge of aliens because mm -hmm. he would have used he that just would have said it yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i actually have a lot to talk about this week uh so uh one in three i know i can keep short one in the middle i could go off the rails so monitor me first one me and sarah went to atlanta and saw daniel, daniel tosh uh, oh. Daniel Tosh is one of my favorite comedians ever. I didn't know he was still even touring. Yep. Well, the thing is, okay, one of the things that I like about Daniel Tosh, I feel like there used to be three ways to make a statement. You can make the statement, like, say, I hate beans. And you could mean the literal version of that. I hate beans. You don't like beans, which is crazy. Beans are delicious. The second one, you can mean the opposite of that, and you deliver that through context and tone, that you're really saying, I love beans, and it's ridiculous that someone hates beans. Or you could just be making an absurd statement, and it's not even really about beans. I think, you know, because of the internet, the way we've communicated is narrowed down to people only willfully listen to the first version. Whatever you say is what you said. Mm -hmm. I think Daniel Tosh is really good at doing that second and third version and letting you know. Mm. You know, like, like I'm saying this awful thing, but I really think the opposite of this awful thing. And I think one of the ways he's been able to do that is he just dropped off the face of the earth. He doesn't come out and say it in the show, but he heavily implies at the end of the show, I've been getting paid to stay off television. <laughs> and, and he seems to be fucking loving it. He seems to be having a good time. Uh, one more thing I'll say, well, say about it is that, uh, I one of the things I hate about comedians is when they do four or five one hour specials about how much they hate children and then they do an hour on their new kids. Now, when I say things like that, people think you must hate kids. I don't hate kids. I pretty I really like kids. I just recognize early on I'd be a bad father. But 
Daniel Tosh has finally had some kids. And much in the same way that dude can tell sports jokes about things I have no firsthand knowledge of and still convey to me why it's funny, he did the same thing about child rearing. I think that was a good job. Uh, Daniel Tosh live in concert, better than Transformers. The second thing I want to talk about, uh, you know, I've mentioned on here before Dinosaur Jr., my favorite band. I don't know if I've talked much about my second favorite band, The Replacements. Mm. Probably the band that's had actually more influence on my life uh you know if you don't know much about the replacements they were four guys from minneapolis when they got started uh you know three of them were older teenagers and one of them was like 12 and they sort of have this whole romantic backstories of they could have been contenders you know you know everything about the replacements is like they were just about to break through and then they fucked it up but I, I love them. They made great music that always sounds like it's just about to fall apart, which makes it more exciting when it doesn't. There's a couple of their records that sort of have specific part of this lore of like they sort of made wrong turns at those records. And that's what the the later one being their record, um, Don't Tell a Soul, which basically it came out around the time that, you know, U2 and R.E.M. were breaking big and they kind of tried to make a really polished pop record like those guys were making at that time uh, to sort of break through with that. And it basically alienated all their hardcore fans without bringing in enough new fans. They had a couple minor hits off of it, but it wasn't the it wasn't the turn for them they thought it was. So a couple years ago, you know. You know, they did a reissue of it where they basically did a new mix of it to try to sort of make the record that fans had always said they wanted to be. And it was pretty fun at first, but honestly, after four or five listens, I just went back to the first one. Turns out I kind of wanted them to make a polished pop record. Um, the second of those is early in their career. It's their first major label record. The last with their original lead guitarist, Bob Stinson, who's kind of sort of at the center of the replacements lore. And uh, it was called Tim. And basically, you know, everybody pretty much agrees, hey, this is the best collection of songs they did. Too bad the record sounds like shit. And as a kid listening to it, I never thought it sounded like shit because I listened to it on cassette. And sort of on cassette is a great equalizer. Everything sort of sounds equally sort of pushed together and muddled. And and, and honestly, it's still, I still love that format. Uh, so when they said they were doing a reissue of this, that they were doing a similar thing, they were doing a new mix of it, I wasn't too super excited about it. I knew I would buy it because I'm an old dude with a little extra income, and that's <laughs> what these fucking $100 box set reissues are for. But I bought it, and goddamn, it is such a revelation. It really does, like, prove that lore of them. Shit, if they would have, if this mix record would have been mixed right when it released, they maybe would have been U2. They maybe would have been R.E.M. It's so fucking good. And I know, you know, part of what we do these things for is, is make a recommendation. And I know I can't recommend to uh, someone who's never listened to this band to cold go out and buy a $100 box set. But I'm pretty sure it'll be on streaming soon. And just listen to it. It's a really great fucking record. It's The, the replacements are very much like the Stones or like Guns N' Roses where they, I don't know, there's a sleaze to them but with like a glimmer of hope. But, uh... I don't know, for some reason, they just... I think the problem with the replacements is they were always just a little too into entertaining themselves. 
Apocalypse. Mm. You know, if you went and saw Guns N' Roses, Axl Rose was going to say, fuck the world. But what he really meant is, fuck the world who's not at this shit. <laughs> fuck the world who's not buying this yeah, record. Yeah. Whereas the replacements were really like, you might go see them one night, and they'll play 15 of their songs perfect. And then the next night, they may play four of their songs, and then the rest of the night, learn covers on stage. Like, <laughs> it, you know, and, and you know, also, they, they all had heavy drinking problems. So, uh, I think this record really, like, with this new mix, really does both those things. It... it it polishes it with still keeping the danger in there. Way better than Transformers. I love I love cassette might be my favorite audio format is like the the cry of a man with tinnitus. <laughs> is what I hear when you say that. I mean, 100%. 100%. Uh, uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about may be a shocker for the listeners of the podcast and even even you guys. I'm I'm opening with this statement. Disney Worse than Transformers. Wow. Now, why would I say that when mostly we talk about Disney shows? We do shit talk about a lot of Disney shows. And mostly we like it. Uh, is it because they're an evil corporation? Not really. Every corporation you deal with every fucking day is an evil corporation. We're going to post this podcast on three or four different platforms that are with three or four different shitty corporations. So it's not that. Is it how they dealt with the strike? No, they dealt with the strike how an evil corporation would. The reason I've turned on the Walt Disney Corporation is this. I found out those motherfuckers are the ones that are keeping Santa Barbara from me. Oh, Oh, really? Oh, I knew that that they had the ABC soaps because yeah. they own ABC, so that meant they had One Life to Live, All My Children, Ryan's Hope, all those. Uh, most of the other soaps are owned by Procter and Gamble, and there was a few outliers out there that you didn't really know who they belonged to. Mm-hmm. I assume Santa Barbara still belonged to NBC and maybe the their original creators, the Dobsons. But I found out recently, and I can't find the journey of how because i'm sure they didn't just buy it outright i'm sure they didn't have an interest in that accent but somehow disney owns santa barbara and disney is the one who probably got it all struck off youtube and i fucking hate disney like if you own this thing do something with it come on that's super fair we talk about it all the time on this the danger of the digital age (laughs) if you don't have it physical it doesn't exist (laughs) So that's all I got. It's like, like a it. sequel, two years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did a couple things this week. I watched The Creator in mm. IMAX. Oh, that scene. As soon as I thought that trailer, oh, this is catnip for nips. And you know, I don't, I don't even know if I would have seen it, but uh, it's Gareth Edwards who did Godzilla. Mm. He did Rogue One. Rogue One, which I hate. Uh, I think it's the last movie he made. I think it is too. And uh, Monsters, which is his, his first movie. This one definitely it it's it feels spiritually like a fusion of Monsters and Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sci-fi movie, uh, but I, I, I say that at the loosest terms. Right. And so, like, I, I think the kind of it's, it's a movie, but it's also kind of a statement. And the statement is supposed to be: Look at what we can do with less than a hundred million dollars. <laughs> uh, this movie cost eighty million dollars, and it looks. Incredible. He shot it on a four thousand dollar camera. Right. You know, it's it's a it's a grand sci fi epic. It's it, it's a very familiar story, I think, which is particularly in the last like five to ten years, which is I don't know, reluctant dad shepherd's <laughs> child who has special powers right. or, or special meaning some other place, and they they learn to love each other along the way. Right. Did you ever see um, artificial intelligence? Spielberg finished it. No, I haven't it seen it. Yeah, with uh, Jude Law. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. It's so much of like 
here's a robot kid. Yeah. That- so the, the, the reason I hesitate to call it sci-fi is because in my heart, and this is probably way too high of a bar to set for a genre, right. but I feel like to do sci-fi correctly, you have to have a statement about something. Right. You're either doing some kind of analog about like a, you know, a real world situation through the lens of this sci-fi thing, or you're doing some kind of like high-minded philosophical uh, exploration of the human condition right. using the, all your sci-fi bullshit that you're doing. And I think, you know, like, I like that stuff. I, not not all the time, but, like, you know, I go to that right. genre for that stuff. Uh, and I don't think this has any of that. It, I think I think the line between sci-fi and space va- fantasy is, is very right. thin, and I don't really know where it is. Uh, like, it definitely thinks that... It ha- I, I think it's trying to do something with, like, oh, are robots people? But they just make the robots people in this. Right. So it's not really, uh, like, a part of the movie. So I don't think... It's saying anything. I think it's just like a standard storyline and a cool futuristic setting. But like, definitely the selling point is the visuals. Like, the, the it's very much like the lived-in sci-fi universe. You know, I, I think uh, most sci-fi movies since Star Wars have been, you know, kind of trying to replicate like the right. Star, seventy-seven Star Wars, They're trying to like replicate that feel. And I, I, I think this one does a really good job. It feels very real. Like, it, oh, dang, I can't say like lived, lived in. in. Yeah, because yeah. I already said that, but. I think that's the biggest selling point of this movie. Besides the fact that, I mean, John David Washington's fine. Nepotism, sure. But, you know, whatever. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's a star, but he's fine. Uh, it's better than Transformers, though. If, if you get a chance, it's pretty good. I mean, I've said this before. I think that Hollywood is the one, specifically with actors, Hollywood is the place where nepotism makes sense. It's just about being handsome and being able to memorize lines. That's really what being a movie star is. So why wouldn't the child of a handsome person be handsome? Boy, don't don't agree with that either, Button. What, why do you say that? I mean, well, I, I guess that's not fair. I can't. It's not fair to expect John David Washington to be Denzel Washington 2.0, but he just... He don't got it, you know? No, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, mean, no, I, agree I agree with, with that. I agree point. he's not as good, but I'm just saying, he's handsome he, and he, 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 he can memorize symmetrical. lines. He can memorize um, lines. Um, I, I'm really surprised this, because when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is robots mixed with misery. That's For, for sure. That's, that's Nips' genre. So I'm <laughs> surprised it's more of a Star Wars. Because it, it reminded me of, what was that movie? I feel like I've brought this up before and couldn't remember the title then, but it had Michael Shannon, Anim Driver, and they were like escorting an alien child to some sort of alien rescue. Do you remember the movie I'm talking about? I do remember this movie, and I cannot remember the name of it. It also reminds me that Adam Driver just did that same movie, but in prehistoric times. Right. It was also a kind of a sci-fi movie. Right. Damn, these are all... all anyway, this movie has been done a lot, right. but it's still a good version of that movie. Anyway, better than Transformers... Uh, would recommend. Right. Uh, I, I, have, I have come under fire with the few uh, listeners of our show who do watch anime for saying that there's been no good anime lately. <laughs> because I already talked about Jujutsu Kaisen. I talked about when the season started. Uh, but I guess I have to reiterate, Jujutsu Kaisen still kicks so much ass. It kicks so much ass that nobody else has any ass left to kick. <laughs> right. uh, it's, it's the best show. If you, if you ever watch any of the like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, whatever, all those things, they're all the same thing. This is the best version of that, bar none. It's it's not even close. It's a great show, better than Transformers. I don't feel like I need to keep repeating myself. Right. Uh, the other thing I just watched, uh, I just found out about and listened to today uh, is a podcast that I don't know if you guys know exists. Strike Force Five sounds no. so familiar. So uh, I guess it happened. It started a while ago, but uh, sometime early oh, on in the writer's Jimmy strike, Fallon thing, it's got yeah. all of the late night hosts. So it's, it's got uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, and. 
Seth Myers. <laughs> I'm going to edit out that space. <laughs> um, I think that space is correct, though. I feel for like Seth Myers. I feel like Seth Myers is currently the least memorable of the hosts. I mean, he's he's better than Jimmy Kimmel. I was about to say that's the thing. He's he's like one of the better ones. He's I think. one of the better ones, but I don't think he has yeah as big a space in the pop culture consciousness as those other ones. Do. It's so funny to me because I haven't watched, sat down, and watched a late night television show since Craig Ferguson. Right. Uh, but like everybody else, I think we consume it like on YouTube in clips and right. whatever. Um, but still, I don't feel like I watch like large quantities right. of it all the time. But definitely, like mm-hmm. I catch clips in here, here and there as they're interesting. But there's something about like late night television or late night talk shows that I find really fascinating. Right. Uh, because I, I don't think I'm alone in that. In that, there's like uh, first off, the, the people who are hosting it get to interact with all kinds of different mm-hmm. people in all kinds of different capacities. You know, in front of and, and behind the camera. But also, there's there's like an inherent artificialness to the whole construct right. it's it's like a, it's a very weird thing that we've made normal like it, it's right. a thing we expect to happen right. in a certain way but it's just like two people who don't really know each other talking in front of strangers they've never met before and and, and pretending, pretending like they hadn't decided on the points they're going to talk exactly about. Uh, so like uh, there, there's something very fascinating uh, uh, about that whole construct to me uh, and so to have, you know, I, I, I'm about to say it's, it's not, you know, uh, corporately restricted, but it's it's heavily sponsored already. Theoretically, the money is supposed to be going to the crew who are on the Rider Strike or whatever. Right. But uh, immediately this, this show has like a bunch of sponsors. So it's not like not corporate Right. Uh, but to, to like hear them get to talk on not network television about like their experiences and just like... It, you know how those five guys interact is really fun i really like the first episode i'm gonna keep listening to it but uh yeah strike force five i don't know if they're gonna keep doing it now that i, I don't think they are yeah i haven't i want to check it out because i don't know if it is you've done an episode but it definitely seems like when it comes to late night like that's an exclusive club yeah and for a long time there was such a malice yes right. between well that's right. they talk about that in the first episode the last writer strike was in 2005 and it was like you know obviously letterman and, and leno, leno yeah, yeah. Were, were not on great terms right. yeah so it's fun conceptually to have an outlet where all of these guys who essentially compete against each other yeah. but also only have each other right. yeah. to like relate to right. to be able to like communicate yeah you know bringing up people that yeah. i've already brought up in this podcast there was some story that mike mills from rem tells one time where they were invited to bono's house to eat dinner and he sat down and bono's opening you know sort of head up his ass toast was we're the only people on earth who knows exactly what it's like to be us. And while that does sound pompous and bullshitty, that's exactly what yeah. it's like for that group of people. Only those guys at this moment in time know what that's like. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I think there's like 10 or 12 episodes on there already. Uh, so Strike Force 5, I'm going to listen to the rest of them better than Transformers. Mm-hmm. Episode 1 anyway. Good deal. Yep. Uh, so next week, I think we're going to continue our Halloween horror for cowards. Whatever is on the plane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys let me know what you all watch on the plane. If you guys, if you guys choose Barbarian, I've already watched. Boy, that, watch, so. watching a horror movie on a Have plane. Have you watched Barbarian? No, I haven't yet. Yeah. See, I w- you guys might because I, you know, there is supposed to be that thing that playing uh, watching a movie heightens emotions. I wonder if fear is one of those. Oh, for, emotions. for sure, oh, it is. dude. It's, that does sounds like a bad. Idea. I don't. I don't mean touchy in the sense of like how am I going to react. It's always touchy about like who is around me like, and what's going to happen in this horror movie that people yeah, are going to yeah, yeah. like be judging me for. Well, I will say Barbarian might be a good choice because it's not super gory. Okay. That's good. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so that's it for for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast if you want to get in touch with us uh, and tell us how you feel about the thing that we watched that I've already forgotten. No one will save you. Tell actually if you've got any other uh, uh, good horror movies you think are yeah. uh, are are good horror for cowards. Since we don't watch that many, we got to make them count. Uh, you can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.